a soothing track, that, from Scott McKenzie. Now, I promised you movers and shakers on the show today, lots of them, so time to meet my next guest in the studio. We were talking about the mills earlier and the fact that one of the three areas within the building is Fabrica, an incubation hub for textile startups. And I'm talking to two of them now. Catherine Cole, Chief Executive Officer of Motif, the apparel knowledge hub that connects um, professionals around the world with the skills and industry expertise they need to transform their business, lives and careers. And Walden Lamb, chief hustler and co-founder, I like that, of Unspun, a robotics and apparel company building custom jeans, jeans for each consumer on demand. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lovely to have you here. I played the San Francisco thing just because I thought you guys, you know, did stuff in Silicon Valley and stuff. <laughs> Trying to get some connections. Now, first of all, before anything else, um, I really would like to just ask each of you what it is. Like Motif, I've just said something about it, but I don't know the details. So, Catherine, perhaps we could start with you and you can tell me a little bit about Motif. Sure, sure. First, thanks for having me here today. It's an honor. Uh, yeah, so Motif, we're the Apparel Knowledge Hub, and what that really means is we are an online platform uh, providing professional education and online courses for people employed in the apparel industry, so fashion, textile industry. Uh, it, we're, anyone can come on and take a course from us, and it, it's more supply chain education, everything from the fiber through product development mm. uh, and also companies to access and use us for onboarding of training of their staff, uh, retraining and upskilling because hot topic these days, future of work, it's all about everyone needs to continually be Update learning and upskilling. Yeah, right. it's not enough to graduate anymore with a degree and go into a 40 year career. You need to be constantly upskilling. So we're a platform to uh, enable people to, to learn on the job uh, just you know, keep after, developing in their own time mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay yeah. all right walton how about you tell me a, a little bit about unspun yeah thank you for having me um so like you said unspun creates an on-demand supply chain and our um our mission is to reduce global human carbon footprint by one percent mm-hmm. and currently we have uh an aspect where you customers can come into our store they create a 3D body scan. They can customize um, different options with the jeans, and we deliver within two, two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, so to create an on-demand supply chain. That's quite cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and that's not perfect. And on the back end, we're creating a 3D weaving machine so that we can get to a vision of zero waste as much as possible. So oh. think of it as a 3D printing technology, but we actually use traditional yarns that go into everyday product. So every single yarn would end up in the final garment. So. Um, it would result in a uh, virtually zero waste process. Wow. So that uh, when you do that, that's almost like cut to the size of the person. So then th- that there's no extra cloth there. There's no extra stuff that goes that's in right. the bin. Oh, that's yep. really interesting. Wow. That's quite cool. Now, um, before, again, we go into details of your business and how, you know, what the challenge has been. How have you been both involved with Fabrica? Where, where did that start? What did you do with them? So, for instance, Catherine, how about you? Well, I think for us, it goes back a little over a year. We became a Fabrica Incubatee. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're we very much a global company. Our customers are located around the world, but at the heart of it, we're a Hong Kong story because we came from a Hong Kong company that's been involved in the uh, textile industry for a long time. So I think that was the connection with the mills, that, that 
there's a lot of expertise here and that's what we're about is mm -hmm. capturing expertise and putting it on a platform for a broader audience so mm -hmm. we became an incubate of the mills about a year ago mm -hmm. and actually just as of uh, August uh, the mills has also uh, become an investor in right. in motif so now they're they're very much an important part of our future so is your team based there in the mills or they're spread out now obviously it's not an online platform anyway but like is it how, how yeah spread out? we could be um we mm. just happen to be we're based very close by so okay. we've we've kept our okay. uh, original office space but i do have i do have uh we have people in around the world um, but yeah the main team is, is right and and before the mills was there I mean was there a, what did you do then I mean obviously you just started about a year or so ago anyway but like did you find that was that was a challenge to actually find places to get that support so we were incubated mm -hmm. by an old uh, Hong Kong company that's mm -hmm. been in that's a data technology company in the apparel industry so the idea came from them we were incubated inside them for two years okay uh so that that they were our kind of our nest right <laughs> um, and then you get the springboard afterwards yes absolutely. yes yes right. so we were lucky in that regards that we 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 had a kind of a okay. parent looking after sure. us yeah and how about you walden how about unspun how yeah. did you it's it's been a a bit of a long long journey we actually started um to get in touch with the mills before the physical space was even ready back in 2017 and we we back then we only had an idea we didn't even have any prototype no no customers and we 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 talked to the mills team and they were looking for startups to mm -hmm. to basically support and because what we did was very synergistic with um, what they want to support in terms of textile and supply chain innovation, um, we, we kept talking to each other. They gave us advice. Um, and exactly um, one and a half years ago, um, they, they uh, officially incubated us. Um, and then exactly one year ago, we moved into the, the physical space, mm -hmm. um, both uh, using that as an office, but also um, uh, prototype sort of a retail experience. So we did pop-ups there as well. Um, beyond that, um, like uh, Motif, we also one of um, the mills um, investment. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, yeah, multiple. Great. I versus. suppose in a way, the mills probably checks out people and <laughs> looks at startups and sees who's there, sees what they're doing, and then they have a better knowledge of where they can invest. Yep. So there is always that potential, isn't there, that you can sort of come in there and, and hopefully get some investments in the future. Now, how difficult is it? I mean, so many people have so many aspirations about starting their own business and doing them something. But how difficult is it, say, for instance, Walden, if I was to ask you, like, you had this idea in your mind, which is quite a cool idea, you know, how difficult was it to actually get it up and running? Yeah, for us, it was quite extremely difficult. So we, we had this idea back in 2015. Um, and when we were just about to graduate from our respective graduate programs, and we thought we could just, we were in Silicon Valley, and we thought we could fundraise and, and did this and take this off. Um, but the, the reality was that this is somewhat of a niche thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, supply chain, building a brand off of the promise of custom. Mm -hmm. um, it was extremely difficult. And um, and also, if you look at the Silicon Valley, it, yes, it's a mecca of innovation, but mm -hmm. there isn't a lot of expertise necessarily with supply chain or fashion. There is no meaningful manufacturing at scale there. Um, and so 
I was um, having my full-time job back in Hong Kong and um, moonlighting on this project. And that's when I was got in touch with the mills um, and realized, wow, there's actually quite a bit of knowledge and ecosystem here. Um, and that's why when we decided that part of the, the company would be based out of here in terms of the connections that we get. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the learning that I took away from that is, um, you know, don't, don't follow the hurt. If, if the ecosystem is what you need, mm-hmm. you get, get closer to it. Mm-hmm. And, and Hong Kong just offers that. Mm, that's great. And it's nice to know that that environment is yeah. there for you. Now, I'll admit, like, you know, I suppose I don't know enough about the textile industry. And I'm sure quite a few people who may be listening will be thinking, oh, what kind of advancements? But I mean, for you, Catherine, you know, you're there trying to update and refresh people's minds about the sorts. What kinds of issues and what kind of things are we looking at in terms of the developments in the textile industry? You know, because, you know, we, we go around and we, we see these clothes and we think, oh, right, I'll have some this I'll have some of this but we don't really know what that you know from getting that that uh, garment on the on the racks there for us to choose the the whole industry behind there so what kind of things are you touching on so if you look at it for okay the 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 apparel supply chain is going through all kinds of disruption right now pain heavy emphasis on profit margins so mm-hmm. that that's the upstream the back end that mm-hmm. consumers don't see yeah. look at it from a consumer point of view you, the the big topics right now are sustainability yeah. this kind of backlash against fast fashion uh, climate change there's a huge pressure from consumers to have sustainable clothing and i think this is only going to increase so that's one mm-hmm. the second is 3d so consumers now, I mean, look at every day there's some new app that lets you scan yourself and, and figure out what your sizing is and have an image of yourself on your phone that you can try on clothes or walk into a sco- store and see a magic mirror. Mm-hmm. Those are the two big topics. So mm-hmm. this tracks all the way back through the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So this means uh, means an, you need to have people working in the supply chain that understand data Right. That understand the technology between behind the scanning uh, and the, the body sizing data uh, f- from a sustainability point of view. This is lean supply chains that are transparent, that are are where people know where their fiber down yeah. to the fiber because where people it's want come to from. know because yeah. there's so I mean yeah. so many of the things you buy in the high street. You know you you do question the ethical background of some of yeah. these things, and now obviously consumers are much more aware of yeah. that. And they and, want those answers. Yeah, and so that translates right directly into the need for those skills throughout mm-hmm. the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So this is where I, I think these will be, this was kind of our two big areas this past year and this next coming year, these are going to be the two hot topics also. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have your designers understand. And is there an appetite for people? Are they willing to do that now? Because obviously it takes time, it takes investment, and for them to learn those skills, like... Do you see an appetite? People so, are willing to do it? Then? I do, from individuals. I think individuals are now, I mean, I, there's always a thirst for for this kind of new knowledge, and people know they need it to advance their own careers for their own professional development. So I do think it's there from the individual's point of view. I think companies, you have these big lumbering companies that are 
are talk about it, mm. but they're having a hard time because to, to invest in training of their We're employees. We're talking cuts and profit margins. Exactly, and, and training is one of the first things to go. But if the companies that really focus on this are going to be the ones that uh, that win out, I think. In, yeah, in, in the this. long run, yep. I'm sure. Yep. And how about you? Um, you know, we're talking genes here at mm. the moment. So you were saying that, like, to produce, if somebody comes along and gets measured and then you can produce these genes within two weeks or mm -hmm. whatever, I mean, is this something only for people who can afford it? Is it an expensive thing to do? Yeah, right now we uh, we charge each pair of genes for about uh, 1500 Hong Kong dollars. Mm -hmm. um, it's premium um, and it, it's not a mass market product just yet, mm -hmm. um, but we're looking at efficiency of the supply chain to, to get it down to um, a, a mass market product. Um, but the, the reality of doing startups is generally you, you want to find a, a niche that would really resonate with your proposition. And um, we were fortunate enough that in Hong Kong there are um, quite, a, quite a few groups of customers that really resonate with uh, what we do. So customers that really cannot find fitting genes any, anywhere else, um, customers that really care about sustainability, um, and then customers that are just naturally curious and uh, they really hate going into a physical brick and mortar shop and whenever they find something that fits, they just want five different colors of the yeah. same things. Yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> it's hard to find it. Okay, we shall talk some more um, just after the news headlines at 2.30, but I'm going to go over to OMD and Hole again. You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. I'm going to join my guests again from Unspun and Motif, and they've been telling me a little bit about their businesses. Now, we were just talking before the news headlines. Um, can, you know, for both of you, you're both based in Hong Kong. Um, why Hong Kong? Why have you chosen Hong Kong specifically to set up your businesses? So, Catherine. So it, it goes back to something that Vanessa said also about the heritage of the textile industry here. So for us, that that Hong Kong has always played a critical role in the supply chain of the apparel industry. So for us, it makes sense to be here. Uh, we There's a lot of expertise that still sits here and that's what we're about is is capturing this expertise and putting it on on a platform that can be accessed around the world um, you think even though there's no manufacturing here anymore uh, everyone still passes through Hong Kong on mm -hmm. their you know on their trips to their factories or to their sourcing offices so it's still a key global hub for the apparel industry and it, it will be as long as there's still some of that expertise here mm -hmm. when hong kong starts to lose that expertise it's a different story but for now uh it makes sense for us because we you know we get to access that expertise and and it's a very global global hub and then also because of our kind of heritage uh from our the parent company where that incubated us alvanon mm -hmm. um that they're also a, very much a Hong Kong-founded mm. mm. company. But so. the actual um, work that you do in terms of, say, the online platform, now that's just global. That's just available to anybody everywhere, isn't it? It is, and actually we have very few customers in Hong Kong. It's okay. that we're very much okay. a global. It, you know, Today it's about 75% from the U.S., the rest are Europe. Wow. So, But the, the other thing and why it's great for startups is the network here. Um, so it's a very easy place to start up a company. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need a lot of capital to start I was just going to say, is it very, quite complicated easy. legally to set up a company? Very simple. Very, right. very simple. So very easy to set up here. And the, the beauty of Hong Kong is the network. You can come here and have access to almost anyone, and it's very much an approachable business community. Right. I, I don't know if I'm articulating that right, but, mm. you know, I couldn't necessarily do this in New York where I, I wouldn't be able to call up a friend who knew a friend who's the CEO of something. Here you can. Uh-huh. So really, it's small enough. It's a small. I think it's that compact nature, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That and, and you run into people. Yes. Here because yes. it is a small. Yeah. <laughs> but it's concentrated. Yep, yep, That's yep, right. Yep, yep. Okay. And the, mov- the other movers and takers are here. So yeah. you can access or they sure. pass through here. Sure. So that's beautiful. Walden, how about you? For you, Hong Kong? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think first and foremost, I'm I'm a local kid. Yeah. I, I grew up all the way here, so there there is a emotional aspect uh, of of wanting to contribute back. Um, the the other aspect, I absolutely agree with uh, Catherine about um, the 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 concentration of I wouldn't say necessarily just ecosystem, but a lot of decision makers. Um, if even if you go visit a factory in China, a lot of times the the decision maker is sitting in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's a big aspect, um, and I guess another example I would add to what Catherine's just mentioned is um, is you know bumping into uh, people who could support you. I first met with Vanessa in her CrossFit gym without knowing her. <laughs> right. That's lucky, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So that was that was. Uh, you weren't checking to see where she hangs out no, or anything like that. No, All right. No. <laughs> Not a professional stalker like that. Um, so there, there's a big aspect to that as well. Um, the other part that's very much underappreci- underappreciated is there is actually quite a bit of um, R&D, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to textile and even 3D design that's happening in Hong Kong. Um, it's just that the, the the work, it's not really readily commercialized. Um, and so if you if you peel it back and, and look deeper, there's quite a bit of knowledge and expertise, not just on, on the industry side, but also on the R&D side as well. Mm. How do you see the whole 3D side? Obviously, for you involved in that business, you can see it flowering and going mm, ahead. Right. But is there, can you see that now people are kind of interested in it? And you can see that over the years, this is going to just escalate, isn't it? Su- surprisingly, um, in, in a lot of other industries, you see companies picking up technologies um, generally faster than than the consumers. I think in in this particular instance, what we see um, as a brand that works both with consumers and industries uh, or companies is that uh, individual consumers seem to be picking this up more readily than than the industry. I think um, companies within the industry are, are being held back by conventions and the mm. fact that a lot of the brands don't actually produce they outsource production and so it's it's a pretty convoluted uh, supply yeah. chain would you say that like i suppose for both of you um really when people do you know start a startup now with social media and all the interaction that's going on, I was just, like you were just saying that, you know, consumers are more aware of it because, you know, say the companies are, are a bit slower thinking, OK, we don't really want to change. It's, it's about change, isn't right. it? But people who are on there on the ground who've got like apps and this and that mm-hmm. and they see all these developments, they want a share of it. Mm-hmm. They want to see these ha- things happening and people have disposable income to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So do you think social media for you has been a, a key aspect of this whole starting up your own business? 
One example that I I always quote is the first time we did a pop up in in Hong Kong, and and that was the, the purpose of that was just to see if people are willing to do body scan because it's it's very different. It's mm-hmm. not your traditional go in and pick up uh, type of experience. And we so we so we tested it, and we we installed privacy curtains. We we make sure it's comfortable. People feel safe. Um, we were surprised, and people would give us their their smartphones, and they would ask us to use our smartphones to actually document the entire scanning process so that they can share with their friends mm. um, and and that really surprised us um, and so yeah that's that's a sort of case in point for mm. yeah so but tell me how it works this yeah. sounds interesting because I just think oh, it would be real cool to, to get some clothes made like that right. so what is the process I mean like how long you you walk into a, a space you have actually you actually have that space in the mills don't you right Right. So describe what, what happens then if you want to, say, get a pair of jeans or, or a top made or whatever. Yeah. So right now, right now we focus on jeans. You walk to, into a, a pop-up setup. Right. Um, you can customize different fabric and different styles. We have three core styles. And on top of that, you can customize waist, height, hem length, stitch colors. Um, and you do it on the touch screen. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, people take about five, ten minutes to, to do the customization. After that, they walk into a scanning station. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scanning itself takes only about 20 seconds. Uh, okay. It's infrared. And you basically spin. It's like one of those airport things where you stand with your arms up in the air or something. Yeah. It's less <laughs> intrusive. That's X ray. What okay. we do is infrared. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. And then it just, what, 20 seconds yeah. and, they, and you're scanned completely in terms Correct. of the shape of your body, yeah. etc. And then you can basically see an avatar of yourself. Um, and basically, what we do is to base um, the, the customized garment based on the avatar. And we create it based on the preference that the, the consumers pick. Wow! Wow! And and what two? You said two weeks to make those. Um, great, and they fit you perfectly. Yeah, um, over eighty-five percent of the customers. Um, There's no tweaking the afterward. Do you need to ever sort of do some tweaking? Yeah, as with, as you do. With uh, with a eighty-five percent of the customers are happy with uh, the first product that they get. Mm-hmm. Um, Within the remaining 15%, around half we do an alteration. The other half we might have to produce a new pair. Mm. So can you see in the future that perhaps there might just be shops where you just go in, you do your scan, you, you, there might be a selection of designs available to you and mm-hmm. then they can just be tweaked to suit you? Is, or you can have your own design, basically. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be here sooner than people expect. Cool. Can yeah. you just tell me when it comes? Because... I'd like to try it out. (laughs) I should come and try your one out in the mills. Okay, Catherine, how about like, now let me just kind of finish up here. Um, In terms of the area that you think people are, you know, in terms of your online platform, what is the area right now that you're getting most demand on in terms of, you mentioned sustainability. Um, um, but is there a specific thing that people want, uh, their people trained on and, you know, What's the most popular online sort of course or whatever that you do at the moment? Interesting. We just launched a course two months ago or last month, but actually it's been in a high demand for the last year and is around inclusive. So it's actually a plus sizes Mm. course. So this in the industry is a hot topic uh, because it's really, it's seen as an underserved market, is the plus size market. it's probably the U.S. is a little more ahead. Europe is catching up. Asia, this probably whole concept, need it. <laughs> exactly. But it's changing, and that the this idea that this, you know, you have core size eight and a few yeah. sizes around it. Yeah, yeah. The idea that that's enough for a brand is is quickly going away. That really, there needs to be this inclusive slicing that mm. that 
you know, not just plus sizes, but it, it's a whole range of sizes. But yes, yeah, so we just launched a plus size course. That, That's quite interesting. Yeah, it's we've it's been a hot seller. and it's nice it's it's good that that's there because i suppose that's just an area where people be hesitant to you know they they want to be able to serve that market mm -hmm. and there is a big market out there and you know just to know more about it and be sensitive yep. about yep. it and stuff yep. yeah. and understanding like body size changes sure. and the data behind it sure. for the first time you know a technology you can do that and Great. Uh, so this this course is for product development teams so okay. they can just how they think about it how they develop around it and That's communicate to that to their customers okay now I'm gonna end actually just by asking you one thing each that if you had been able to have one sort of magic wish when you started your businesses that you could have done something to make it easier or whatever just anything at all or even now if you have a magic wish for the future what would your magic wish be you can have a think about it <laughs> so anything you could just like change it tomorrow so it could be that you get lots and lots of 3d scan scanning machines around everywhere but uh, so what would you reckon what do you think Catherine well you know I think with many startups a lot of it comes down to having the money to be yeah, able to do what you want to do yeah. so you know we probably spend 30 40 percent of our time worrying about mm. how we're going to make it through the yeah. next year yeah um, so that that kind of detracts a little because we got great ideas I got a great team we sit around sure. think of all the great things we're going to do the customers we got customers excited but there's just always that okay we do have to deliver and have market validation so you know I wish we kind of had a blank check that was <laughs> for so the next I. five years so I. <laughs> I suppose the blank check is the solution to quite a few yeah, things yeah. but I suppose it's it's a matter of really getting investors who are willing to to take that risk or you know to find them instead because you spend a lot of time chasing after them really don't you I we suppose. do and yeah and it's finding the investors that are gonna be they're gonna understand your passion because yeah. I, I think yeah. that's critical you gotta have passion for it sure. you're Doing, so you need to have investors so why, that's why the mills has been great because yeah. it's a like-minded they get what we're trying so to do you wish then. yeah yeah <laughs> okay and Walton how about you yeah I, I wish the the world and policymakers and, and the public could be could be more knowledgeable about sustainability and and, and the impact that the, the fashion industry has um, overall so that right now we there is a lot of what we call greenwashing basically you know a brand could come up and mm -hmm. come up with a product with 5% organic organic cotton fabric mm -hmm. and suddenly that's a sustainable brand so just uh, cutting through the noise and being able to communicate the actual impact of of the supply chain would be something that I wish for mm, great well I think you know there's lots of work going on mm -hmm. certainly in every areas with that we're getting there slowly but surely um, I'd like to thank both of you for thank coming you. along today it's thank been you. really interesting just learning about it um, and if people would like to have a look at some of the pictures of the mills and the the teams we've got the motive team and we've got the onspun team on my Facebook page please do go along and have a look at that thank you very thank much you and so much. have a lovely Christmas you too. and thank don't do you. too much Merry shopping Christmas. or anything like that <laughs> thank you <laughs>